is going on, Dynasty Warzone listeners? You have found the first ever episode of the Dynasty War Games. So I am Jesse Schneeman. I'm joined by Mike Casper and Chad Mendoza. And uh, we're just some guys that love Dynasty fantasy football, love fantasy football in general, love football in general. We're all obsessed. Uh, we met in the Dynasty Warzone Patreon chat where we were in a few leagues together. And we had a lot of we had some time on our hands. We we had some extra passion on our hands, so we decided to start a podcast of our own, which has been behind a paywall for the last what seven eight months. Uh, yeah. we've been yeah. reviewing Patreon leagues for Dynasty Warzone, and what kind of came out of that is that we realized we just like to play games and have fun. So, you know, we're going to talk about Dynasty football. Uh, we're going to get some really good conversations going. We're going to learn a little bit, hopefully. But more than anything, we're just going to have fun. We're going to play games, and we're going to, you know, uh, I, I think all of us that play fantasy football have huge competitive streaks. So why not play games while we're, you know, while we're learning, right? So, uh, Chad, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, your experience in fantasy football, and uh, I don't know, I guess maybe what led you to Dynasty Warzone. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been playing Dynasty for, God, it seems like forever now. And I started my, uh, I co-owned my first league with my dad in, I think, 04, I think it was now. Um, So, yeah, I've been playing Dynasty a long time. Um, But I never really got into the whole, I guess, media frenzy of Dynasty and and Twitter and all that kind of stuff uh, until about a year and a half or two years ago now. Um, and that's how I find, uh, found, uh, the, the war zone. So, you know, seemed like a, a great group of guys who knew what they were talking about and, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to be here? So. Yeah. Right on. Right on. I think we all have pretty sim- similar stories, but Mike, Mike, what, how did you, or what's your fantasy experience and what's your dynasty experience? And, uh, yeah. you know, same questions basically. Yeah. So I kind of picked up redraft again in uh, 2016, I was deployed in Afghanistan and we had a live draft out there in the desert and uh i really enjoyed it nearly won the league got second place i played redraft for another year and i was winning leagues really easily and heard about dynasty and i was like well let's try this thing out so i've been i'm going into my fourth or fifth year now i want to say for dynasty and then i was just a big podcast junkie ran across the dynasty war zone listened to you know some of memphis's not just not just his opinions on stuff, but the the way he talks about building dynasty teams, and I kind of had the the same thoughts on on values and kind of process, I guess you could say. Um, did a co- co- couple contractors with him and really enjoyed it. So brought me to the Patreon, and here I am. Something I've always wanted to do is just sit down and talk dynasty fantasy football. Right on, yeah. Same with me. So I've been doing redraft since yeah, mid to late nineties, uh, and few years ago uh one of my redraft leagues that i've been in forever we decided to do to start a dynasty league uh so that was well they they started without me i took over an orphan a few years ago and i just kind of was playing it like a redraft and not really not really improving my team making made some bad trades and wasn't real happy with my progress so you know i i kind of was the same i it was turned into sort of a podcast cast junkie. I was commuting an hour and a half, you know, each way to and from work every day in the DC area. 
So I had a lot of time for podcasts and I, I kind of stumbled on the contractor and I really like the way Memphis talks about it. You know, it's not it, with him. It's more about not, and not just Memphis Jerry as well. Uh, it's more about roster construction and the philosophy behind dynasty and how to build a team rather than just player values, you know, just whether I like this or that player. Um, yeah. You know, I, so I was on contractor a couple times as well, and he drastically improved my team. I made the playoffs in my second year, um, you know, and I have to give him tons of credit for how he helped my team. So I joined the the Patreon, you know, I had a lot of time during quarantine COVID. Uh, so, you know, joined some of these leagues, started drafting dynasty teams and uh, you know, I started two years ago in the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Drafted a set of teams that are all, you know, I thought they were going to be great, and they're all rebuilds now, right? <laughs> but then the next year, just from hanging out in this shark tank, you know, with this group of sharks, you guys and all the other guys in the chat, Memphis and Jerry and all those guys, uh, I drafted another group of startups and won two championships. You know, so that – in no small part, I credit Dynasty Warzone and, and our, our conversations, just talking back and forth with you guys and bouncing ideas off of you guys. You know, I have to say, like, I was really against, say, like, you know, Jerry's build through young wide receivers at first because that's such a, you know, redraft one quarterback mentality. You got to get those stud running backs. And I mean, now I'm just I, I, I don't really care about position that much anymore. It's more about, you know, uh well, we'll get into a lot of our philosophy going forward, but anyway, it's more you know, it's more about uh, you know how to build a team the the right way, I guess. But we'll get into what the right way is as we go forward. So anyway, the reason we're here is to play games, right? Sorry, I, I got a little long winded on that. So in our older episodes, we used to edit stuff like that out. I don't think we're gonna have a chance for that now. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so we're going to get into some games. Tonight we are going to play Rookie Landing Spot Game. So the way this works is uh, I'm going to throw out a rookie and tell you a little bit about him. You know, for those listeners out there that don't know anything about this, this rookie, you know, we'll give you stats, a little overview. And then Mike and Chad are both going to give me landing spots. And uh, I'm going to grade those landing spots with a one to five grade, one being the worst, five being the best. All right. And at the end of all this, we're going to go through as many quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends as we can in about an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, at the end, I'll add them all up and we'll average them and we'll see who the winner is. So part of Dynasty War Games is uh, we're going to keep running totals, right? So uh, it's not just uh, did you win this game? It's did you win this game? Did you win last week's game? And, you know, so we'll have a running tally going. And we'll probably keep a, a differential as well. Kind of like around the horn kind of a thing where you <laughs> tally up all the career wins. Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I stopped. I can't stand that Woody. <laughs> I stopped watching it years ago, too. But, yeah. Hey, but he's yeah, the Broncos reporter. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait to kill the originality of Sorry, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a running competition, right? So sometimes – Sometimes Chad will be the judge. Sometimes Mike will be the judge. Sometimes I'll be the judge. Just depends on the game. Um, tonight I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to be the judge. So let's can we take a minute 
Chad, do you want to go through chat a little bit? We have some funny comments. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh gosh, cherry popping daddy. Who's that? Who's that for? That's I don't for, know. That's for us. Uh, I think oh, I get pop on the actual feed. Yeah, nice. So we're gonna, we are going to keep this yeah. as family friendly as possible, but once in a while, just you know, if your kids are around, you know, we might slip. Maybe it's because it's yeah. Stacey's first time listening to us too. So could be that. Could be that. We uh. Yeah, we're we're gonna expect Jesse to do math, but we'll always double check it. So we'll keep the calculator <laughs> close. I do the new math. Yeah, <laughs> I got a calculator right. on my watch. All right, let's do uh, it. Let's get it. Let's get into All these. Right. Uh, let's get into these players. Awesome. All right, let's start with quarterbacks, right? I mean, uh, why bury the headline? That's yeah. What, what else would we start with? Right. So we're gonna go Matt Corral, Ole Miss. He is six foot, two hundred pounds from Ventura, California. Uh, Thirty three hundred and forty nine pa- uh, passing yards this year. Twenty touchdowns, five interceptions, eighty point five QBR. So really, last year's numbers were pretty similar. He had nine more touchdowns. He also had nine more interceptions. Um, but from what I understand, you know, from other pods and from other people that I've listened to. Uh, he's taken a huge leap forward in his decision-making and his anticipation, basically his his mental QB skills. So I, th- I think that's what has kind of got him in consideration to be the first quarterback off the board. Um, another thing of note with him is that he got injured um, in his last game. And what was it, a fractured, fractured ankle? Or no, I think he's a high ankle no, no, no. sprain. Or oh, high yeah, ankle sprain. Yeah, he's yeah. he's okay. gonna be fine. It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't impact anything. Okay, so much. probably six to eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he'll be good to go. Um, by the time the draft runs around, for sure, shouldn't really be any anything serious. Thank right thank on. goodness. All right, let's start with Mike. Yeah, who I, you got I, who you got for a landing spot for Corral? I got to start first because Stacy already stole my thunder in the chat and said Corral uh, to the Washington football team. So football team's <laughs> picking at 11, which I think is a good spot for Corral. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it too, Jesse. He's, you know, he had over 600 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns on the ground too. Um, he was a pretty efficient p- passer and runner. Um, beat the crap out of my Aggies when it was kind of our last ditch effort to try to, you know, get in there for the football playoff, but uh, he did really well. I think his injury is unfortunate, but I don't think it's serious enough where it's really going to uh, drop him down the board. Um, I think the football team kind of figured out they don't have it in Heineke or Fitz or Fitz magic, you know? So um, I could definitely see Ron Rivera getting, he's not exactly a Cam Newton type of course, but having that dual threat capability, I think could, could really bode well for McLaurin and Gibson. So, Give me Washington football team for Matt Corral at pick 11. Oh, yeah, they definitely need a quarterback. I, you know, it remains to be seen whether they draft a guy or bring a, quarter, a veteran in. But, uh, all right, cool. Yeah, definitely a team that needs a quarterback. Mike, or I'm sorry, Chad, what, what do you got? Yeah, I, uh, I really like Mike's landing spot. That was actually my first thought as well, but I just see them bringing in a, a, a vet there in, uh, in Washington. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, plus, I wanted to be a little bit different. This is a game, right? So I ended up uh, sticking Matt Corral with uh, the Panthers at number six. Um, I think he okay. he's going to run a really fun RPO offense. Um, it's going to do really, really good in that offense, especially if they keep Christian McCaffrey there. Um, 
And yeah, that, that rushing ability, I mean, it's, it's really, really good. His arm strength isn't crazy. Um, but yeah, really good pocket awareness. Uh, and, and I think that RPO is going to mask a lot of flaws with him. Um, as far as the arm strength and, and all that, and all that stuff goes. Plus when you're dumping it off to McCaffrey, you know, 10 times a game, uh, you know, that's how you're going to get the majority of yards anyways. So definitely helps. So let me ask you this, uh, before I, before I grade these, what, what would you say they do with Darnold in, in this scenario? So they've, they've oh. already said they're bringing Darnold back. I mean, they could definitely, you know, back out on that, but what what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I can, I, I can definitely see them, them keeping Donald another year. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't think that means even if they keep him that they're not going to draft a guy. Um, I think if they fall in love with the guy during the process that they're just going to take him quarterbacks too important to just throw it away for a guy who hasn't been successful at all in the NFL. So Okay, uh, I mean, I think it's a good landing spot. I don't think it's awesome, the Panthers, because he he's got another young quarterback, obviously with competition. He doesn't. I, I I would like it more if there was a veteran quarterback, sort of on his way out, that could maybe mentor him, sort of like Washington might have with Fitz. You know, if they decide to bring Fitz back for another year, I, I don't know Ryan Fitzpatrick personally, and I'm not sure that he's the right person to mentor a young quarterback. Um, just, I, I do know that he's got the right locker room attitude that, you know, he, he wants to play, but if he's on the bench, he's not going to create, you know, he's not going to create a problem is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the football team a four and the Panthers a three. I think they're both good. Um, I don't know if there is a five in this right now. Yeah. You know, a, a five would be ready-made. Great offensive line, great weapons, great. I think Washington's missing the offensive line, basically, and and running game. You know, Panthers are missing probably some offensive line, and I I don't love their wide receivers. You know, and and actually, I I, I think Washington could stand to add a weapon or two as well. So I I mean, four is really good, and three is pretty good, right? What do you guys? You, you good I'm with good. that? Any objections? No, I mean, I I really went with just where I think they might go. I didn't, okay. you know. So. Yeah, I was thinking more on like what spots make sense, and also it makes sense with like the draft capital that the team would put into them. So, I mean, I, I get what Chad's saying. David Tepper probably wants his quarterback sooner than later. I could see a QB competition there, if anything. So, it, either way, oh. it'd, be, it'd be fun. Wow. So, can you click on uh, Josh's comment, please? <laughs> oh, that has to be a joke. <laughs> Y'all are photogenic yeah. bunch. <laughs> Cheers to that, brother. So that's Big Dog in uh, DWZ Patreon for anyone out there that's in the Patreon. That's Josh Des- Dessinger. One faces of, one of for our radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do have faces <laughs> for radio. He is, uh, he is one of our premier uh, Patreon members. Absolutely. All right. So Dave Donaldson wants me to explain my scoring system. I think I just did. So it's just whatever I think. Yeah. So it's it's whatever he feels like at the time. So so you know, <laughs> veterans of our Patreon podcast will will recognize the scoring system as it's whatever I feel in the moment. So that's my scoring system. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, number two quarterback um, in our game. 
I don't know what's going to happen in the NFL draft, but we got Kenny Pickett from Pitt, right? He is 6'3", 220, so he's definitely a bigger dude. 4,319 yards, 42 touchdowns, 7 picks, um, 81.2 QBR. It looks like he took a huge jump this year, right? Last year, he had 2,400 yards. The year before, he had 3,000 yards, um, 13 touchdowns each year. So definitely took a huge, huge jump this year. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Kenny Pickett personally. Um, <laughs> I don't. It's real. We're, I'm. I'm not going to try to. Oh, this. Is okay. I'll, okay. I'll. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what you know about him, and then give us your landing spot. So he. Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, he he did kind of you know have a really 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 good year this year. In 2020, he had an ankle injury. Um, and it was pretty, pretty inconsistent just in 2020 overall, he, you know, wasn't really that good. Uh, he has, man, when he throws a ball, there's some, there's some pace on that thing. Like it, it looks, it's a really pretty ball. He's really accurate. Um, he's, he's started a lot of games, I think over 55. I, I'm off the top of my head. I think it, it has to be over 55 games. That he's, he's started for, um, uh, in the CFB and then, you know, Pitt runs a pro style offense, so that always bodes well. I think, in in my opinion, he's my favorite quarterback in the class, um, personally. And I think he's. Uh, I I don't think that any of these quarterback prospects are are really 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 good. Um, not like the last few years that we've seen, you know, where you have one that is just like the the top tier kind of guy. Um, but I think as we get along this draft process, people are going to start falling in love with Kenny Pickett. Um, and I have him going what most people are going to call really high, um, number two to the Lions. Number two to the Lions. Wow. Nice. All right. Mike, All right. what do you think? Yeah. So uh, I've been just from, from what I've been listening to, he's getting a lot of, you know, Mac Jones ish hype, but also Joe Burrow one year wonder um, kind of hype thing. Uh, we got in the chat. Uh, Brian Ford said he's getting the small hands criticism. I could give two craps about what their hands look like. They throw a football, and if they throw a football well, I don't care how big their hands are. Alex Alex Smith. <laughs> Alex Smith was Captain Tiny Hands. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I've got an interesting spot. I just, you know, thinking about the Mac Jones thing, kind of how he fell, I know a lot of people do like Pickett and think he's kind of the more pro-ready kind of quarterback, um, but with – not as much upside you could see from the other quarterbacks as far as if they're able to develop them. So I want them to go home. I want them to stay home, go at 20 to Pittsburgh. I think that that would be really hmm. exciting with okay. uh, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Friar Mew, someone that I can actually hit Claypool deep. Um, you know, Big Ben's out the door. I feel like if they don't land an Aaron Rodgers or one of these big, you know, a Watson or – if Russell Wilson, if that's even still a thing, um, then, then I'd like to see him go after uh, a rookie quarterback like Pickett. So I'm going to say Pickett to Pittsburgh at 20 or, oh. or earlier if they trade up for him. Okay. I need something to root for. All right. So the, the, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a little bit to unpack here. So uh, number one, I think that if a quarterback goes number two overall, uh, there's a lot higher investment than number 20 overall, right? So right there, that has to go into consideration for landing spot. 
Also, all right. So we have to consider a consider what what's the what's the franchise that we're going to historically, right? We're going to the Lions or the Steelers. So obviously, opposite paths for these two franchises. So that's sort of a that's sort of a plus mark for Pittsburgh. Um, I do love that uh, he went to Pitt, right? So the fans kind of are already going to know him, you know. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. You know, maybe there's a lot of Pitt fans that don't really want him to play for this deal. I don't know. I don't know how that'll go, but it feels like, um, I mean, he's not from Pittsburgh, but it feels like a little bit of a hometown sort of. A yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh definitely has better weapons right now, but the Lions, I think have a better line. Pittsburgh's line is putrid mm-hmm. and the Lions uh, got real injured on their line. It didn't play great, but I, they've, you know, they've got Penny Sewell. Uh, and I think they took another young lineman, year before that was playing really well. So, I, you know, I think they've, they're building their line. I think they've got more going for them on their line than Pittsburgh. Um, I like, I kind of like both of these landing spots. Um, the fact that Pittsburgh is number 20, you know, the 20th pick and the Lions are the number two pick, I think is a huge difference to me in landing spot because that number two pick just in, for, from a dynasty perspective, guarantees that that guy is going to hold his yeah. value. Yeah, right. I just I I really so like, we're we're I mean, talking would, from dynasty perspective. You know, he's going to hold his value. I'm sorry, go ahead, Chad. If he if he would make it to 20, that Pittsburgh, I mean, they they would be getting a steal there. I mean, I yeah. I just don't see him getting outside of the top 10. I think if, if if one quarterback goes in the top 10, I I mean, and, and you ask me today, I think it hands down has to be Kenny Pickett. He just, I mean, just like Mac yeah. Jones shouldn't have made it out of the top 10. I'm gonna get. I, I mean, just. <laughs> Mostly for the mostly for the draft capital reason, I'm going to give Pittsburgh a three and and the Lions a four because I think when it comes to you know offensive line and weapons, if you if you lump those two together, I, I actually think they're fairly even because Steelers have better weapons but a crap line. Oh, the Lions okay. have a That's better Lions have a better young line, I think. And, and crap worst, weapons. Worst weapons. Yeah. But and let's know. not let's not forget too the Lions also have a pick twenty what twenty seven. So I mean yeah, they can... I was about I was about to say I think it's easier and quicker to build your weapons than it is a line. You know, yeah. you, you gotta start early and and a line has to have time to come together and you can't just throw a bunch of rookies together and you know hot you know high picks together and say that oh, that's an offensive line. You know, it just doesn't really takes it takes time for an offensive line anyway. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Josh in the chat here. You know, he says, uh, I think the Lions might load up around him another year with the Jared Goff experiment. Hmm. And I kind of agree. I don't know. If, I don't know if they think they're ready to throw a rookie to the fire. Um, but they might or they might, and, you know, or they might or they might do what, uh, you know, what Cleveland did with uh, what was who was it? Clawson that they took at the end of the first round that one year. They had a high first. They had a couple high firsts and they were and they took, you know, really good players and then, you know, really good defensive and offensive players and then took their quarterback late and it just really didn't turn out, turn out well for them. But I mean, maybe that's what the lions do is take a, you know, take whatever quarterback falls to the end of the first, whether it's, you know, Malik Willis or, 
who knows how this is going to go at this point? Maybe even Howell falls that down that far. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the rumors are that there might not be a QB taken in the top 10 from what I've been hearing. Yeah. Which, whether that happens with, you know, the draft and the senior bowl and all the lead up to it, I'm sure it could shoot somebody up into the top 10. But if it's I, I not, think it'll shoot. It, I, I think yeah, a I couple, think a few. If, guys if it doesn't will. happen, though, I think it's interesting for Dynasty when you think of these teams that are most of the time better teams picking at the end of the first round, like at the fir- end of the first round, right? Because they're better teams. So, uh, it, it would be really interesting to see. I mean, we've you know, we've just seen we've just seen like happen. too many times where quarterbacks have um, even even though the class may not be good, they're forced up because they're just right. graded against themselves. A quarterback, yeah, right, exactly. yeah. Right. I mean, that's they're not just graded the against the year before. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't draft these guys from the year before, so they're not great against them. Is is you know? So it's like, all right, think about the golf year. At this time in the golf year, Carson Wentz was not yeah. really a, considered a first round pick yet you know and he went two overall yeah so i mean uh i mean even even you know guys like baker mayfield who just had this late surgence into the top five like i didn't know yeah um, yeah that's a good one too um Tannehill was another one that just like out of nowhere went top he went what maybe he went 11th not sure uh mahomes was another one that was a Zach late Wilson riser. was another one yeah yeah. Yeah. So Dave Donaldson asks in chat, why would the Lions pass on Thibodeau or Karloftis? Um, my answer is yeah, I, I, wouldn't, players, but it, but... I wouldn't, but it's the Lions. And yeah, that's, that's your answer. <laughs> it's it's just, I mean, they're better. Obviously, you know, Thibodeau and, and Karloftis are better players and Karloftis. I mean, he's going to test crazy. He he looks like he's an insane athlete. Uh, I think he's, his stock's only going to go up. But, yeah. uh, you know, at the end of the day, if a team likes a quarterback, they're going to pick the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The history has shown that. So I'm giving Pittsburgh a three as a landing spot because the draft capital is diminished and I don't think it's hugely realistic. And I'm giving four, uh, the Lions a four because if he goes number two overall, then, you know, they're going to give him every single chance to, to succeed, you know, and, and you're going to have a dynasty asset for sure. You know what I mean? Whether it turns yeah, out to I think be... Pittsburgh straight. If they take him, I think Pittsburgh trades up. I don't think he'll be there at twenty. But I think gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. I like it. Like okay. fifteen or something. Like that. You know what? That's I would, a really honestly, good. I would love you know what? That's a really it. good point, Mike. And that's and that's why we have the, that's why we have these discussions. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna bump that up to a four. Cheater! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we were we were doing trades. I would. This would be. This would I didn't be either. Different. I, I didn't either until Mike brought it well, up. I used it in my argument. I was like, they, they either get him at 20 just or they trying anything to at get this him. point. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. So uh, Mike's up by a point as we speak. So let's move on to Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis is from a small school, Liberty, 6'1, 215 pounds. Uh, let me, I'm sorry, I'm on his overview. Let me bring his stats up really, really quick because his rushing is very important so this is a this is what they call a dual threat quarterback uh i from what i understand he's not the level of rushing athlete of like a josh allen or a lamar you know or or even hurts but he had 878 rushing yards this year 13 touchdowns 197 carries uh 2857 passing yards 27 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, 
Yeah, from what I understand, it's, you know, dual threat quarterback, very raw. Well, why don't we start with uh, – why don't we start with Mike this time? My turn, yeah. Um, so Malik Willis, really interesting cat. I went to Virginia Military Institute, which is just over the mountain from Liberty. So they got some interesting fans there. I'll, I'll say that um, during basketball games. But uh, I think Malik Willis is an interesting pro- prospect. I think he's a big project. You know, he's really only got two years starting at a lower tier level, I guess you could say, of college football, right? Um, being at Liberty, but his his rushing is undeniable and pretty impressive. So as far as, as my landing spot for him, um, I, I have him going to Atlanta at number eight. And the reason why I did this is number one, you know, there's rumors of Ridley might want out of Atlanta, and I think they're going full on blow it up but they can't get rid of Matt Ryan because they guaranteed a whole bunch of his money over the next one or two years. So I think it's a perfect opportunity to get their quarterback of the future, let him sit and learn behind Matt Ryan at least one year. And then when their, their year next year is inevitably in the crapper, um, you know, Willis maybe gets a couple starts there at the end of the year and hopefully can transition from there. So I don't see him as a starter right away, but I see him as a, you know, a long-term kind of what we thought with Trey Lance kind of a start to his career. So Willis feels, feels a bit like a flail Falcons from yeah. Atlanta to me, because, you know, if they were going to take a quarterback, they should, they're going to take a high quarterback. I think this past year's class was much better and they should have taken I, a guy. I think they thought they were a lot better than they actually were. Little arrogant. Yeah. yeah they were the only ones <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell. Right on. All right. So Atlanta at number eight, Chad, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, so I didn't even realize it until just now, but I actually, and I tried to like, you know, not pick the same spots as Mike, but I guess I did pick the same spot. Um, and I have him going to Atlanta as well. Uh, and I think a lot of, again, like the same thing with the Kenny Pickett thing. I think people now are looking at that and saying that's too early. Right. But he, I mean, I think a little bit of it is the Daniel Jones effect. Like he played with not one NFL prospect on his roster. Like nobody, not one. Um, so he's not he's not going to look super polished. Um, he's just not playing with with you know good players. Uh, and I think as we go into the process and people start seeing how athletic he is, um, and he does look like a a, a pretty decent passer, um, who I think can develop. I just think it'd be really fun um, to have him in Atlanta's offense. A uh, little little bit of an ode to uh, you know Mike Vick there. Not not quite the athlete of Mike Vick, but you know. It, it, it's the same same kind of elements that that you could you know kind of enact in your offense. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like it. They definitely need a quarterback. You know, Matty Matty Ice is Matty Melt at this point. I mean, yeah. he's he. I don't know if there's a quarterback that looks as washed as he does besides Ben. You know, so I, I really like it. I hate to keep giving fours, but I think it's a four. You know, I, I they really need a quarterback. They're gonna have a guy for him to. Eat. They're gonna have a guy for him to learn under for a year, because um, they really can't get rid of him um, cap wise this year. Um, and I just think it's smart to keep him around for a year anyway. I don't know. Again, don't know if he's the type of guy that's gonna be able to mentor a young quarterback. But it's nice to at least have a professional for him to watch. You know, for a year since he's a project and he shouldn't be starting for any quarter for any NFL team anyway. Um, yeah, I like it. Really good. Really good. I think I think Malik Willis is the kind of player too that owners are going to love because he's going to excite your fan base. You know, like he's yeah. 
you you bring him to Atlanta and man, Mercedes Stadium is going to be filled his first game. Like it, it's it's one of those things. Like they're they're going to get excited again, which I think that you know fan base is kind of not had for a while now. Right. All right. Cool. So we've got three quarterbacks down, and Mike, you're holding on to a slim one point lead. Thought that was going to put me over the edge there, but. So we got Desmond Ritter is next. Quarterback Cincinnati. Six foot four, 215 pounds. Definitely has the size. Um, sorry, I'm gonna bring up I, I gotta bring up his stats too, because he's a Russian. But 3,334 passing yards, 30 t- passing touchdowns to eight interceptions, 71.9 QBR. I don't know that QBR really matters all that much in college, but it's kind of crappy. So rushing, oh, I thought he I thought he was more of a rusher. I guess last year he had almost 600 yards and 12 touchdowns, but this year 355 and 6. Um, yeah, he he is a really mobile quarterback though. Okay, so he's very so is he more of a a um I don't know, Tannehill mobile where he can run sometimes but or is he like uh or like an Aaron Rodgers young in his career? Is that what you're saying, or is he probably more, a little bit? Or is, is he more like you know a real rushing quarterback? I mean, I think he could be a real rushing quarterback. I think I, I really okay. do. I think he could be a real rushing quarterback. He's he's one of those guys. Is he's just ridiculous arm strength and you know a bigger guy who's who's able to you know get around pretty easily. So uh, David Donaldson said uh, he he has Ritter as Andy Dalton. Second round talent who's a bit of a project. Um it's a different super, skill people set. Are, people are su- yeah. People are super divisive on um on on Ritter. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so uh I had a comp in mind for Ritter that I was gonna ask you. And now I can, oh what Garoppolo? No, no, no more of a rusher. Yeah. Oh, oh I I know what it was. It was Tyler compare him to Tyler Huntley for me, please. A better player than Tyler Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so as a rusher, because I think Tyler Huntley is a pretty good rusher. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, how about <laughs> he's in one of the best rushing football systems? So yeah, it can make right, if he can make Devonte Freeman look like he actually. All right, how about Hurts? Compare him to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I don't think he's quite as athletic as yeah, Hurts, so but he's he's a bigger guy. So it's it's just one of those things. He's. You know. Is he a better passer? He's he's mobile enough. He's mobile enough to um, I, he's just a developmental guy. Like he's, I think he's he's a traits guy where a lot of people are gonna um fall in love with just you know the talent. And so and you're that, comparing that can, him to you're comparing him to Josh Allen before we started. You, no, no, I mean not like he's the he's like Josh Allen. I'm just saying like you know a lot of the same stuff that was said about Josh Allen is going to be said about him. Physically, you um, think as far, he's similar, and not quite on Josh. I mean, Josh Allen is like probably one of the most elite arms, like you know, in the history of mm. the NFL. As far yeah, as arm makes, strength goes, like that's that's a tough comparison. Us. But I mean, he as far as like he's he's going to be in like the ninety fifth, ninety sixth percentile kind of arm strength. Like he's he's a really strong arm. Desmond Ritter does. Uh, right, Joshua so, in the chat said uh, Ritter similar to Mariota. I could kind of see that a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think I, I, I Mariota didn't have that strong an arm though. No, no, but I mean, yeah, maybe he's talking about of, mobility there. 
Okay. And okay, cool. So David Donaldson wants to know if I watch players. No, I do not. So I do not watch college football. So that that's that's actually a, a big thing to bring up, you know, going forward on this podcast. Uh, Chad and Mike watch some college football. I do not. So that's why I'm going to ask some very basic level questions because I know there are plenty of guys out there and there are plenty of guys and gals out there, dynasty players out there that are like me and don't know, have not seen these players, right? And only know what people have talked about, you know? So I, I want a lot of, I need a lot of clarity on some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Ritter goes, like there's just not going to be many throws he can't make. Like as far as getting the ball there, like he he's going to okay. be able to get the ball wherever you want him to get the ball. It's just if it's going to get there accurately okay. <laughs> and if he's going to make the right read to get there, right but okay. you know. Okay. Sounds a little like Randall Cunningham back in the day, but anyway, let's move on to Mike. Where, where do you think? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you give me a it's Chad? Spot? Yeah. Ch- Ch- it's Chad it, going first this time. Yeah. Did you he's give me a landing spot chat? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I <laughs> So I have him. Um, I have him going to the Broncos at nine, which is again really mm. high. Okay. Um, I, you know, I just think it's one of those things. A team is going to fall in love with the traits he has, and uh, you know, I, I think the Broncos are going to bring in a veteran. Um, I think they're going to go and, and try to get the Rogerses of the world, the Rogerses of the world. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Rogerses yeah, right. of the world. Anyways, uh, they're going to bring in an elite quarterback, I think, and then, you know, put somebody behind them and hopefully develop them into uh, uh, a good um, NFL quarterback who has an elite skill set, which I think a team is going to look at Desmond Ritter and say, hey, we can get him there. Okay, awesome. Um, Mike, what do you think? As the uh, resident Broncos fan, my only pushback to that would be if they're landing a Rodgers, they won't have pick number nine. If they're getting an elite quarterback, that that pick is gone uh, to however they trade for that elite quarterback, whether it's Watson, Rodgers, um, or Wilson. But that being said, I I, kind of think he's going to be viewed as more of a project quarterback, especially with how kind of meh he was on the national level, you know, in the college football playoff. It wasn't anything super impressive, but his line also couldn't block, you know, a turd that night. So I have a feeling – I have a feeling he's going to go more towards the back end of the first round. And and this is where I think the Lions take their elite pass rusher or defensive player with their second pick and then either get a Ritter late in the first round or with their first pick of the second round um, if he falls that far. If he if he shows that at the senior bowl, then I might, you know, change my opinion or something like that. But I, I kind of have a feeling that's that, that's where he, he might fall to. So. so you're going with Detroit? Yeah. With their late pick. Yeah, like yeah. which was what twenty eight, I think. Yeah, like twenty seven, twenty eight. It depends on how the playoffs shake out, obviously. So, yeah, this is a little tough to judge. So the Broncos are a ready made situation for a quarterback that's ready, right? They've got a decent line, awesome weapons, excellent defense. They're ready to win, right? I, I don't think a raw quarterback like Ritter coming in there. I don't think it's the best of landing spots for him right away, but I don't know that anything is great for him right away. But long term, no. long term, I I think it's a, an excellent organization. Although, I guess ownership is changing, but you yes, know, it's cleared up. Yeah, you've got Elway as a mentor. I mean, Elway and Peyton Manning might be part 
part owners and okay with with others. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if I think if Ritter sees the field like anywhere, he's going to be like Josh Allen year one level of bad. Like where yeah. you're looking at him play and you're like, he should not be in the NFL. You know mm-hmm. where it, I mean that's what everybody thought about Allen and. I hate keep to keep making this comparison because Allen made that leap, but I th- as far as like as bad as it can get, I mean it can get that bad year one. Um, he's yeah. just I don't think he's ready. Yeah, he's got a city year. I, th- I Josh and you know Big Dog in, in chat makes a really interesting point. He says Denver gets Captain Kirk right. So if Cousins goes to Denver, that's definitely a short term kind of thing, right? Maybe they sign him on a one or two year deal or a one year deal with a second option and draft Ritter because you don't have to give up the number nine pick to get Kirk to get Kirk. Right. So if you have Kirk cousins for a year or two and Ritter learn under him, I really like that. I mean, I think we're looking at our first five here. I mean, I think Broncos is a landing spot for Ritter is a five. I just, I, I, I just really like Mike. I'm <laughs> just because of the Kirk comment. Well, you you got it on the stupid I actually had it written down. I had the five written down before that. You talked shit about it to Denver, and now you're like, yeah, it's really good. No, I like it. No, I really like it. It's fantastic. I really like it. And since the Lions were a number, were a four earlier than they're a four now, because I think Goff is perfectly capable of, um, you know, leading them to another tank year. And getting them a high pick to surround Ritter with some more yeah, talent. Mike, take your yeah. L with grace. I took mine with grace. <laughs> but it was just – he he just had his, you know, smoke and mirrors of, man, no, Denver definitely can't work. That's how I do it. That's how I do it, baby. I'm telling if you, if it's not Kirk, that nine pick isn't there. Mike, put, your, put your grill in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, come on, Chad. Eat it, Chad. Let's go. So for the – for those in the podcast version that can't see this, we're doing a live oh. YouTube. <laughs> Mike actually has a, a grill in his mouth that says Fantasy Champ. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And this because is I the beat league. Chad in the championship. <laughs> yeah, this is the league you beat. My Chad main league. I took over the team like this this off or this past off season. So and, and he yeah, went I all in. Only, I could only do so much. I could only yeah. do so much. He went all in and lost by over hundred points. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> he made it to the championship Whatever. game, all right. I also had I also had Derrick Henry go down, so I had CMC and Michael Thomas. Shut up. Shut up. Let's shut move up. on. Let's move on. <laughs> Woo! <sighs> all right, guys. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. See, this is why we play games on this show because that's what that's when we have fun. All right. All right, come on. Let's go. Uh Sam Howell. It's all tied up. Sam Howell, North Carolina. Uh I think he had a better 2020 than he had a than he had 2021, right? I guess not by the numbers though. So this year he had 30, 56, 20 uh, passing yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. 2020 he had 35, 86, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But I think he ran a lot more, right? Let's bring that up. I'm sorry. Should have had these all on the stat page to begin with. We're learning, folks. These games will get better as we go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he had 146 rushing yards in 2020. He had 828 rushing yards in 2021. 
five touchdowns last year, 11 touchdowns this year. So he definitely stepped up his rushing game this year. Uh, definitely lost some weapons. Uh, some of the shine came off of him this year, I think, passing-wise. Uh, Mike, wh- where would you like to see Sam Howell go? All right, so let's let's go ahead and put this in my veins. And I think I think Jesse makes a good point losing Javante and Michael Carter and Nami Brown. Um, there's another guy that he lost. I can't remember his name. He's kind of a late round darling last year at wide receiver as well. But uh, get him to my Broncos at number nine. Team him back up with Javante. Give us something to root for. I say this in the caveat of hey. We don't get our Rodgers, Watson, Wilson, whatever the case may be. Let, let's let's just start over with another quarterback and see what we can do. I think I think he's Howell is pretty underrated. Um, I know I know Josh in the chat is uh, pretty excited about Howell. Um, so give him to Denver at nine. I think it would really boost his stock if he was taken that high. Um, and his rushing, like eight hundred twenty-eight yards. Whew, like he he was it for their offense, right? Three thousand passing yards and almost a thousand rushing is it's pretty impressive for someone that has been viewed by most to have a down year. So I love it. So six one, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's Baker he Mayfield's. He's yeah. He's he's thick. He's not tall. He's Baker shaped. And I'll tell you, man, his profile picture on ESPN. He looks just like Baker Mayfield. I mean, they could be twins. So. I mean, take that for what it's worth. Chad, where would you like to see him go? I would love, love, love Sam Howell um, with New Orleans. Uh, I think, I think his his best ball is is on those slant routes. I mean, he makes them look crisp and 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 he gets the ball exactly where it needs to be. Super tight window throws. Um, I think he struggles, you know, a little bit with the he's kind of a touchless quarterback. Like he, his touch passes just need a, a, quite a bit of help. Um, and I think the saints will, the, I think Sean Payton's offense will allow for that to be able to be developed over time. Um, and he could just really kill it there with Michael Thomas is, if he stays. Um, I, I just think that offense is built for this guy to have success early on. Yeah. If he had success with, Michael Carter and Javante, then he's going to have success with Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, I yeah, I I I love that landing spot. I think Sean Payton is gets too cute, too cocky for himself. Really, is what it is. You know, he he thinks he can win with any quarterback. He's he's one of those. He, he's sort of a Shanahan kind of guy. You know, it's it's system and. It's, but I, you know, I really love you know, him. He as, almost made the made the playoffs with like four different quarterbacks this year. Yeah, right? I hear you. But <laughs> so like, you I, may I, say I mean, he I, thinks he can, but he kind of did. I mean, I hear you. <laughs> I, I think he's a great. I think he's a. I think he's a great coach. He's a good coach, you know. Yeah. And I, I would, I would love to see Sam Howell under him. I, I think he would flourish. Peyton knows how to how to. Peyton make knows how to make that kind of quarterback successful. He will scheme him into easy reads and. He will, you know, he'll do the read option with the slant to Michael Thomas. You know, if if your read, if your option is um, someone that can run like he does, or hand off to Alvin Kamara, or bang Michael Thomas on a slant, you can't defend all three of those things. So, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm giving that a five. Yeah, I, I really like how 
to uh, New Orleans. And I'm giving uh, Howl to Denver a three. Nah, I'm kidding, Mike. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care. No, nah, I'm just messing <laughs> with you. I mean, if he's a five, you know, if Ritter, if he, if Ritter to, to Denver is a five, then obviously Howl to Denver is a five as well. I think I think Howl to Denver is like really what you should be hoping for as a as a Broncos fan. Like, oh no, Rogers is what I'm hoping for. Well, right. Okay. If I'm you don't, yeah, if you don't get Rogers or Watson or Russ, right? Yeah. Those are the th- those are the three. As an Eagles fan, I'm looking for those three guys too. Yeah, you know, I I think we have a little. I, you know, I know that we have more to give more up. Draft capital, yeah, yeah. We have more draft capital. Also, we have Hurts. You yeah. know, so if you say Hurts and two firsts, give me Hurts to Denver. Do a three way trade. I, it's funny. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I said that about two months ago that I could yeah. see a three way trade. Uh, you know, Hurts to Denver. Two to a fill or no? Well, no, that's what it was going to be. Hurts to Denver, Watson. It was he, Philly to a, to Houston. Yeah, but or or we could do it. Two at a two at a Philly. Hurts to well, but then that doesn't give my. Idea. <laughs> All right, GM, let's work this train out <laughs> off air. All right, so we are tied after the quarterback round. Good job, Jets. All right. We're going to move on to running backs. All I mean, right. Why make us wait? All right. So we're going to start out with Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State, 6'1", 220. That's what you – I mean, that is ideal size for an NFL um, starting running back, right? 1,472 yards, 20 touchdowns on the ground, uh, 1,572 yards in 2020, and – Oh, sorry. 21 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, you know, he can catch the ball too. 23 receptions last year. This year, 30, 36 receptions, 302 yards, and another three touchdowns. So for college, those are good receiving numbers. Brees Hall, stud. Chad, what do you think? Uh, just a super, super smooth running back. I mean, he's he's pretty incredible. He's my favorite running back in the class. Um, and unfortunately, not a good landing spot for him. I th- but what I think probably happens, uh, I think he's going to end up in Houston. Um, Houston, huh? Yeah, um, I think they're uh, they're going to go edge early in the first there, and then you know swing back around in the second and, and grab up Brees Hall. Who makes the first? David Donaldson wants to know who makes the first lazy comparison to David Montgomery. I don't think he's anything like David Montgomery because I actually have watched a few videos on Brees Hall and he's got way more juice than David Montgomery. I think Isaiah Spiller's closer to Montgomery, but we'll get yeah. to him. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think I think Brees Brees Hall's not the most athletic guy in the world, but man, he's just he's so smooth. Like you watch him, and that's I mean, he just looks yeah. like an NFL running back. He looks yeah, like a three he- down back. He does have power too, and he can catch the ball. Yeah, he does look like a three down back to me. Uh, and I and I was not a huge Monty fan. I liked Monty a bit, you know, from a power back perspective coming out. I didn't think, I didn't think he was a, and and, and I think he's shown that he's you know he's not much of a receiver. So, Mike, where do you think Brees Hall? Where, where would you like to see Brees Hall go? Yeah, no, I'm similar with Chad in that I think he's the best running back in the class. I think he's a little bit disrespected this year. I know he finished. High in the Heisman voting kind of last year and was like nowhere near this year, even though he had pretty similar seasons. Him adding more receptions, I really like is for him to showcase that pass catching profile. So 
I don't know if this will happen. So, you know, this is a probably won't happen, but man, I want this landing spot is I want him in Buffalo, man. I want him. I want, I want Buffalo to be able to have that kind of dual threat thing. Like I, I don't care anything about Buffalo, you know, personally, just from a fantasy perspective to, to see how teams would defend a, I don't want to say an elite running back, but a high prospect running back with some real juice. Um, I think would be really fun. So somewhere in the second round, give me uh give me Brees Hall to the Bills. Okay, Brees Hall to the Bills. I man, I think I think Devin Singletary is one of the most underrated and the disrespected running backs in the NFL, personally. Yeah. I think he is C E H. Um, but I, I actually think he's faster. He's got the same sort of lateral agility, makes the same sort of cuts. I think he's a better receiver. I think he's faster. He's probably not as thick, but it's not like CEH uses his thickness to break tackles anyway. So, I, I mean, I, I really like Devin Singletary, and I think that takes away from the landing spot a little bit. A, a little bit. You know, Brees Hall is definitely the superior back. Brees Hall is definitely a lead back in the NFL, where, where I think Singletary is, you know, the second back in a good committee is how I see him. Right? So, if you bring in Brees Hall... I don't think he takes that job and just runs with it right away. He's definitely going to contend with with uh, with Singletary, who who far and away beat out Zach Moss this year. You know, Zach Moss had his little run early in the year, but I think he showed. I think he showed what the coaches think of him by how many inactives he had. I don't know if he's a knucklehead or if it's just that his skill set is limited. You know, Zach Moss is a straight up power back with no speed and really not much agility. That is a good catcher and a pretty good pass protector. So he's got a he's got a role on an NFL team, but I mean he's not going to take away from from Brees Hall or Singletary at this point. I'm sorry, you're going to say something, Jeff? I I think I think between the three of them um over there in Buffalo because you kind of have to include Josh Allen in that too. Right. Um, right. I think yes, they, they're going to feel like they have enough um at running back. Uh I would love – I mean, I would if, – if he went to Buffalo and started in Buffalo, I think that would be, you know, a good landing spot for him. I think, you know, that would be fun to watch. Um, it's probably a better year two landing spot than a year one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think with the Texans, I don't really – I don't really love the landing spot either, but it's just one of those things like where do you put him, right? Because – Ideally, I think if you're a Texans fan, you want them to attack like their offensive line again in the second yeah. round because this class is so insane uh, with with you know these linemen. But and they have to go with with one of these edge rushers, you know. If if you know Thibodeau falls to them or you know Hutchinson falls to them, they have to take one of the two, right? Which that's what that's what I have going. So it's it's just one of those things like, you know, where else could he go? realistically he's too good to fall you know i think too good to fall to like the back end of the second but uh, that's where all the good landing spots are so let me ask you one thing i'm sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say to kind of just defend the bills thing you know i think singletary did have a good run right at the end of the year but man early on in most of the season they had their running game was completely non-existent and they Mm -hmm. lost to the Mm -hmm. patriots in that crazy weather game because their run game was non-existent. And so I, I could see them using that as a catalyst that we really have to be able to to do both because, hey, we play in Buffalo and it snows here every year, right? So I, 
I, I get what you're saying, but the Bills need a guard and a tackle. You know, yeah. Like can but, they and also running back. And also that was that was a that was an offensive philosophy approach. They were they were still running their their spread run and gun offense, and later in the year they realized that you can't do that against the two high safeties that the NFL switched to this year, and mm-hmm. so that's when they started running the ball and dumping it off to Singletary and having success with him. Yeah. You know, I think they, I think they really found something in him this year. I don't like, again, I don't think they found a lead back. I, I think they found a really good complimentary back. Um, I, I really like the Houston landing spot potentially. Right. One thing I like about Brees Hall is that I think he's insulated against um, the, the, the coaching flux, right? We don't know who they're going to bring in as a head coach or a GM and what their philosophy mm-hmm. is going to be. But I think a back like Brees Hall is insulated against that because I think he can do everything, right? And I, he's enough of a talent that no matter who the coach is, he, he's going to be somewhat of a focal point. You know, it, it, I mean, jackpot would be Zimmer, right? But I think any coach is going to realize if he's got Brees Hall, he needs to use him. And I do like the idea of them building their line, but that's going to take time. That's it's Houston is not a good year one landing spot for him, but and neither is Buffalo. But I think Houston could develop into um, just a, a volume. He could be a volume monster. You know, he could he could be Zeke year year two or three what Zeke was year one. You know, the good thing is if he goes to Houston, he's the unquestioned three down back, which I think that's what right. he is is a three down back. Right, and that's what I'm saying by volume monster. I just, I, you know, I, they're gonna if they get him, they're gonna put significant capital into him, and like I said, I no matter who the coach is, they're gonna use him. What do you think about this? I I heard uh, Ray GQ say that he thinks Brees Hall is the eighth best running, eighth or ninth best running back if over the last three draft classes. Like including okay. this and the last and the two before us, you think do you think that's true, or do you think he's better than that? I, I mean, like, do you better? Do you think he's better than Javante? No, I I I'd put him ahead of Miles Sanders and David Montgomery, but mm. I don't know if I put him ahead of that many more. I mean, ETN obviously that's the year before. That's the year before though. Yeah, um, but like that's- I, I would take. Um, I, I I love Javante. Like I'm still that's on a the good, Acres that's train. A good, I think that's a good point, though, because you know we've we've had some we had a historically great running back class in 2020, class. and that even spilled over into this last year into the 2021. What do you say? Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I mean. Yeah, I, I, 2021 was good. I, I think Javante, you know, everyone's going to be saying free Javante this offseason, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think it was good. Char- Carter showed his flash as well. Najee was obviously a walk-in stud. So, um, I mean, I, I definitely take him over Carter, obviously, and over anybody else, you know, drafted yeah. outside of the second round besides Javante and Najee. I'd, I'd take Brees over them. But Okay. Um, I, I think it it might be tempting depending on what happens with these quarterbacks. Like, what if all the quarterbacks go to the end of the first round? Is you know, or in superflex drafts, or if Brees goes somewhere nice, 
do people draft him one overall? You know, it could be really interesting, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I, I don't think either one of these are great landing spots. It's not Zeke to, to Dallas. It's not Najee to the Steelers. I, I I see Houston as a three and Buffalo as a two. That's what I have those great. All right, so let's move on to Kenneth Walker. Now, this is a player I'm going to admit that I, I know nothing about because he sort of burst onto the scene this year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I have honestly. I haven't watched him that much either. Um, but you know, I've just I've heard people talk about him more than I've watched him. I've only watched like two or three games. Yeah, there's there's essentially a big three at running back, and he, he's kind of thrown in there with Isaiah yeah. Spiller. And you know, his first two years of college at Wake Forest, he did pretty much nothing. Had less than 600 yards rushing, and you know, had 1600 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns. Um, and then he also, you know, caught 13 passes, I guess you could say, but not not much of a pass catcher, but really kind of broke it open on the ground this year. Yeah, killed it this year, right? So he's 5'10", 210 pounds. Little bowling ball is, is kind of the shape he's got. I haven't watched him play, but so have you guys watched him play? Does he look like um, he has hands at all? I honestly can't. I honestly can't say either. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Mike. Where you got him going? Um, you know, I just, I thought this would be just kind of fun one. I, I'd like to see him go to Atlanta. So in that early second round, um, Mike Davis ain't it, obviously there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not much else there. So especially if we see, uh, yeah, Corderell's you know, no Lord back. Lead, lead Corderell's back. no lead back. He might be their number one wide receiver come next year if you know Ridley leaves. So, right. uh, besides Pitts, so I, I I think especially for that franchise, you could argue they want them to see something exciting. Like scoring points is what's exciting. I'm sorry, I I don't I don't enjoy going to football games and watching a 10-3 football game. But if I see my team lose, you know, 34 to 41, like hey, at least I <laughs> got some cheering in there, right? So right. I can see him really going for some offensive pieces and. And I, I, I think he'd be a good ground and pound guy there. They, they kind of need that. They just have kind of had these fall over guys these last couple of years. Um, so a nice setting. And, and actually, I, I will say, so I, I like what you have going here. You, you picked Atlanta to take Malik Willis and Kenneth Walker to Atlanta as well. I like that combo because I, I don't think, I don't think rushing quarterbacks are, are likely to dump the ball off a lot. Um, and running backs, you know, good, good, um, you know, good running backs with, with a decent amount of power have success with rushing quarterbacks historically. So I like yeah. that. I, I lied. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Miami. Okay. I, was I, know. I'm, I, I have your show sheet it. here. I'll switch to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Let's uh, right. go with no, it. No, you're in it. You're in with Atlanta. Atlanta. Boom, Chad, Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to like admit I have I've watched him like I I didn't watch him at all at Wake Forest because I don't watch Wake Forest much. Uh <laughs> I don't know many people that do, but anyways, and then um yeah, I mean, I just I watched him play Ohio State and he was terrible. <laughs> so um and then I mean, yeah, Ohio State though. Yeah, I know, I know. And then I I watched him I think it was like Purdue or something like that. Uh I don't remember what the other game. Was. I think it was Purdue, um, 
And he, I mean, he, he looks like he, he looks pretty good, I guess. I mean, I don't know. He looked really bad against Ohio state. So I think that's a bit unfair though. <laughs> um, I, I know that, you know, some people love him, especially some people in the analytic analytic community. I think PFF has him as their number one graded running back coming out. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just stuck him there with Miami. <laughs> All I can say is Jesse, uh, uh what's, Sorry, no. Um, Jerry Sinclair is uh, gonna hate this part of the podcast. Who, He's gonna be who like, watches Michigan State? <laughs> right? He's gonna be like, "What know. the hell's wrong with you guys?" <laughs> Don't we have Aussies like, that watch Michigan State too in the DWC chat? I so think so. I, think, I feel yeah. really bad. They're they're gonna be screaming at all of us and be like, "Y'all suck." <laughs> so yeah, homework, awesome. more Kenneth Michigan Walker. State. <laughs> David well, Donaldson said, "Do not watch Wake." <laughs> so obviously, don't watch his last two years. Just watch his last one. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta, Miami are both. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta's kind of a trash offense. I think it, it in a couple of years it could be good. Wait, what did you just say? Atlanta's kind of a trash offense. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you said Miami. I was like, wait, two. No, Atlanta's kind of a trash offense. In a couple okay. of years, it could be good. Miami's actually a pretty good offense. You know, yeah. you know what I had, what I think about Tua. So, I mean, I definitely think Miami's a better landing spot. However, well, actually, Flores is gone, so I didn't think he'd be a good fit in Flores' system. So, I'm giving Miami a four, Atlanta a three. Man, okay. Chad is taking a commanding two point lead here commanding wow <laughs> hey let's move on to isaiah so spiller <laughs> isaiah spiller running back texas a&m this is where mike casper works he's wearing an a&m shirt you better know about this dude represent yeah, yeah. so six one two fifteen. man one thing you can say about these running backs this year is they got the size yeah they right do. so in 2020 he had 188 carries, 1,036 yards, five and a half per carry, nine touchdowns, 20 catches, 193 yards. This year, pretty much the same. 1,011 yards, 5.6, six touchdowns. I mean, touchdowns really don't matter much. Uh, 25 catches, 189 yards, and another touchdown. So it looks like he can catch the ball. I'm not sure that he's going to be like a root runner out of the backfield. Um, no, he's what, he's a good route runner. He's a good. Is route he? Runner. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you take it away, Chuck? I mean, he's he's quick feet, good route runner. Runner can catch pretty well. Um, he's. I mean, he's a really good receiving back. Um, he's he's really good against zone coverage. Um, I watched a lot of him. I'm 50 minutes away from a And M. And most of the people I'm around are AM fans. So I've I've watched him more than probably any other running back other than uh Zach Charbonnet. I love Zach. But uh um he's he's good against contact. He's you know pretty he, he's pretty good burst, pretty good. I mean, he's just a good running back. He's a good natural running back. He looks like a running back. Um, what are the knocks? He does on everything him? really well. What what are the um, knocks? I guess on he's him? just not not the fastest guy in the world. Okay. I was gonna say he's not really elite. I feel like in any one thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, I, but I he's a like good him. running back. Yeah, he's so, a good running back. See, that's yeah. what I could say about Kareem Hunt. I mean, well, I'm sorry, he has elite contact balance, but otherwise, he doesn't not have he does not have an elite trait, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. In the games that I watched live, I went to a couple of games this year. 
he never really – like, he had some good runs, but there was never anything super amazing. Now, granted, we were playing with our second-string quarterback pretty much all season. So yeah. the offense, you know, had lots of sputtering issues where they were clearly loading the box to stop Spiller. Um, mm-hmm. But he was a really patient runner, sometimes mm-hmm. too patient. But I think he is one of the best well-rounded backs in the league. But like like Chad said, you know, I, I don't think he's elite at anything. He's not going to really pop, I don't think, at the Combine or anywhere else. And he's so slow. He, I, I mean, at yeah. least he looks slow. So yeah. I think – I think um, he's going to be a late second, early third, I think. Yeah, I think where he'll go. But he's he's a good player, though. He's a really good player. Yeah. What the only thing that concerns me about him, because I've I've watched some videos of him, is that he seems to run a little upright to me. You know, he doesn't he's you know, he's six one and he looks six one when he's running. That concerns me a little. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, and, and he was in kind of a committee with A Chain um, there too. And okay. He, he got a majority of the stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, he only got 180 carries a year. So that's, yeah. you know, it's not like they were, it's not like they were feeding him as, as their main. But he's definitely got the size to take on a, an NFL load. He doesn't seem like he's got any college injury history at all. So he looks like a pretty clean prospect. I like him. Um, Chad, where would you put him? Um, I have him going to the Cardinals. Ooh. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cardinals. That, yeah, I had him going to Miami. So. Miami. Okay. So Miami, we already said, is a four. So I, I think he fits there fine. Um, Cardinals, that's interesting. So Yeah, Chase Edmonds, I think they let him walk this year. He's going to be a free mm-hmm. agent. Yeah. Um, yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, and I think they they pick him up. Um, I don't I don't think he's going to go super early, so I think they're going to have a chance at him. I think um, there's no. Ch- I, I think they're definitely bringing Connor back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I think he's he's good enough to um, you know to really be relied on in the passing game. Um, I mean he's he's just that's where I think he shines, and that's where mm. I think a lot of their uh, their offense can be. Um, you know, just dumping the ball off to him and and letting him do some of the, some of the underneath work that he does really well. Um, and I think he can, I think he can run routes. So I think he yeah. can be really versatile too. Um, so that's, I just that's like, a I nasty just like landing spot, man. I, I would love to see that. I mean, if he can run routes and catch the ball, he, he would just fit in so well there. I don't, I don't think, you know, I think James Conner showed this year, you don't have to have speed to be tremendously productive in that, in that offense. You know, because they've just got so much going on. I think it's well schemed. They have a great quarterback, and they have so many other weapons that it'll be left alone. But has Connor you know ever I mean? had a full healthy season? No. Nah. Exactly. And, yeah, Connor doesn't. I think they'll definitely bring Connor back, but he could absolutely overtake him. You know, yeah. Con- Connor was splitting time with Edmonds anyway. So yeah, Edmonds, that was and that Edmonds was like a real selfish Connor was show. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a really selfish like pick. I I would just love to see him in that offense. I, like I would love to see that too. I think that would that be would awesome. be fun. Yeah, I'd like I'd love to see any of these. Well, I think Brees Hall might be a little wasted in that offense because I don't think they're going to feed him the way he should be. But yeah. I, yeah, if 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 he's as good a receiver as you say, I really 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 like that. Really like that. All right, so Mike, I'm sorry, man, but you're down three. Running backs were not kind to you. 
That's, that's all right. Hey, part two, we're gonna we're gonna correct yeah. this shit. Yeah, spoiler alert. We are gonna make this a two parter because uh, yeah, we can't really, you know, like we said, hour and fifteen minutes or so. We really can't make this a a two three hour podcast. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> I, for the, I gotta go back to the film. I gotta make better arguments for my wide receivers and tight right ends. On. Make that deficit really wild. Put in the Jesse. word, Mike. I, I know how the, I know how the judging's working now, so uh, got to work the system. Got to work the system. You do because I don't. <laughs> uh, Dave Donaldson said, uh, "You're ruining the game. With, your judging is broken. My judging is broken." <laughs> well, the scale the scale is on Jesse, so I mean he yeah. is the scale. He is yes. the scale. Yes, yes yeah, that's correct. So. That's correct. I guess it, I guess it's the best judging possible. You know. Yes, sir. So, uh, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, we are making this a two-parter. You know, we, like we said, uh, hour and 15 minutes is, is what we can do on a, you know, on a, on a nationally released podcast. We used to do these for two, three hours on the Patreons. Um, I think that we had a four-hour one that I had to cut down. You know, we had one. Well, we also used to do interviews with Patreon guys and stuff, so... You know, we would do a, we would play a, a long game like this, and then we would interview a guy that was from Australia for you know another hour or two just to have fun. <laughs> you know, good old days. Yeah, but we can't do that and and release that on Apple Podcasts. Still laugh at us. No, yeah, this is Memphis, a good. Memphis will kick us out. <laughs> yeah, good start, good maiden voyage. You know, absolutely. Hey, I'm just excited absolutely. to be here. Excited to talk dynasty and looking yeah. forward to talking values and trades and these rookies and just having at it. Yeah, I had a blast. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Truly Hard Seltzer this evening. Uh, definitely made my night a little more fun. Chad, what are you drinking over there? Oh, Dos Equis, man. It's never, and it's never too early to start uh, looking for sponsors. So just shout yes, everybody out. Absolutely. I had a uh, good old Texas water. I don't, I don't know what okay, it is. Texas tap water, baby. <laughs> no, it's bottled water. It's bottled water. Their tap tap water here is disgusting. So, yeah. oh, is it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's soft water or whatever. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I live in Baltimore County. Oh. It's I, I have a Brita. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nasty. So, right cool. on. This was fun. Thanks, Jesse. Chad. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Chad, are you bolting, or can we do an after hours? Uh, no, I'm heading out, man. Okay, cool. So we are actually going to end this now. Uh, It's weird, but, uh, we will not have an after hours tonight. You know what? (laughs) Going forward, we'll, we'll figure out a way, um, to do an after hours with the chat, but, uh, tonight we are going to say so long. And I do want to also just apologize real quick for the lack of production values in this one. Uh, we have a we have some intro and outro music being produced um, exclusively for us. Uh, we have some original music coming, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we also have some artwork coming. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil any of that yet, but uh, we will shout out the artists um, when everything's complete and uploaded. And uh, anyway, thank you all for joining us um smash that like button please subscribe to dynasty warzone you know we are just one cog in the huge dynasty warzone machine so uh, not only do you get our ridiculous podcast 
Um, you also get some real dynasty advice from Memphis and Jerry every week, uh, sometimes twice a week. You also get rookie advice from Dallas Hyder. Um, in season, you get um, uh, you get some the daily smackdown. fantasy. Yeah. yeah, you get the SmackDown from uh, from Kyle. The, uh, the SmackDown is actually one of the best shows on this network. So if you do uh, redraft, um, listen to Kyle. And um, also listening because we've got Kyle Balzer, Dr. Kyle Balzer uh, on our network. We have our own personal doctor that comes in and uh, gives some betting advice and some injury advice. So, uh, you know, like I said, we're just one cog in the huge dynasty war zone machine. And uh, we'll hope you we'll hope you listen to us again. Uh, I can't believe anybody listened to us for the first time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I listen to you, Jesse. <laughs> this is the most right, chats ever bumped, so fun stuff. All right, gentlemen, I had a blast. So, and that's Cheers. the whole point. Cheers. See you guys. All right. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak